Welcome to Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience, then relay to you, the listener, if this game is a criminal crim co-op or something better off playing solo. Hey, Nave. Hello. I'm very tired. Uh, we're Like I said last episode, we're back into the swing of me waking up 20 minutes before the episodes, so just want to try it out, like try to get back into the shoes of a year ago old Nave. Yeah, it's good to be consistent. Or is that consistency or is that inconsistency? I don't know. I mean, it's on brand at least. On brand. Absolutely. I'm going to light some incense. Why don't you talk about the other stuff? Sure. So, dear co-op listener at home, we are a video gaming podcast. And we are going to be talking about Ember this week. But before we get to that, let's talk about the games we've been playing. Just a little little game diary check-in. And since Nave is lighting up some Embers of his own, I'm going <laughs> to talk about what I've been playing. World of Tanks. Nave, I have been playing a lot of World of Tanks. Just in today, I have upgraded three of my tanks up a tier with how what much tier? I've been playing. Because uh, they're all tier may or five may not be now. Impressive. All right, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, that's a decent amount I got of game. Three time. tier fives today, and I I started popping in achievements too. Like I got the one that's like uh, play fifty games as a SP, play fifty games as a tank destroyer. Like I started getting those achievements. So I'm like, okay, I've been playing for a minute now. Yeah, you're starting to get there. We used to play this game a lot on the PC, so that's another thing. We've got a lot of game time on World of Tanks, and they don't like cross over in any, in any meaningful way. No, they don't. It's really obnoxious. I kind of wish I had my other stuff, but then I also know that I spend a lot of time just getting free experience on the Latractor and every other like <laughs> tier one tank, which they don't even let you have anymore. Like, yeah, it's really strange. They just cut out the middleman. I mean, that's which is nice because it's just like it. It's just like. 20 minutes of wasted time to be honest it's a real clown I mean? fiesta because it's nothing but tier ones which is only light tanks that go 12 yeah. miles an hour and, and they cost like 20 bucks and so everyone's <laughs> like Woo! just fucking running into the middle of the map it's not like playing in your tier nine and you lose like seven hours worth of money if you just go in there and die instantly well, there was like a meta to it though, still, because like with the tractor, the turret was higher up. So most of the tanks were small anyways. They were like <laughs> car size. So any like low hanging, like the waist high barriers of Gears of War, the tractor yeah. could shoot over them compared to most of, I don't even know the names of the other lo- like tier one tanks, but they could not clear a lot of them. And a lot of the maps have like little sniper hidey holes where it's like a ramp in a burned out building that your tank can drive up and shoot out of a window because I, the heads are special. In- yeah, they're like, that's perfect. Too bad all the tier one tanks, the barrel is too low, so it can't clear <laughs> the gap except for and the little tractor. And of course, like, there's no mechanics inside of these shitty tanks, so it's like you can't even aim down a well, little that's bit. It. Yeah, you can't aim down. Like, you can only go left or right. There's no, like, up or down with these tanks. It's so funny, too, when you see these, like, tier eight tanks that have, like, they have, like, a, a, a 18 wheeler trailer sized gun and then they aim down a little bit and it looks like the goofiest fucking thing all right so there's that and me and you played a little bit of multiverse and i've just been playing that on the side like since i don't know this last week it's just been i've been strapped to my uh life as a service games pretty much where i just log i log in the eso i get my dailies i log in the world of tanks i get my dailies and i play some tanks i log into multiverse and i do my little daily challenges for the battle pass I think I'm getting like hooked on these uh, battle pass style games. Yeah, that's that's what they're designed to do. They're designed to do exactly what's happening to you right now. And I you look need at to break Yakuza. Out of the cycle. 
Yakuza Zero, and I'm like, maybe I'll play some Yakuza Zero, and I play for like one cutscene. I don't even get to gameplay. I'm just like, continue watching the cutscene I was watching before I like logged out, and I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's enough for today. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not unlocking an emote right now. <laughs> yeah, what am I playing for? I, I could be getting Pajama Finn right now, but I'm not. And then I'm never gonna get Pajama Finn in the future. It okay, it gets worse too because like we're talking about what games we're gonna play in the future, and I've been compiling my own like side list, and then I looked at Smite. Because Smite is adding a bunch of like yeah. Nickelodeon characters and stuff like that. And I'm like, they added man. Slipknot before, and I was like, wow. <laughs> Am I gonna play? Some- <laughs> We're about to play some Smite, but I'm like, no, that game is like 50 gigs, and I'd be logging and do my dailies every day. It'd be just another another chore. Dude, speaking of large games, I've been playing Forza Horizon Five. I've been doing the Hot Wheels DLC, and it is so fun. But that game is like 110 gigs. It's insanity. They have those HD cars. Oh yeah, it's all the it's all the high res textures. All my friends came over last night to drink a little bit and play Magic, but they watched me play Forza while they ate, uh, and it was like they were like, "This is the most insane game I've ever seen. I've never I didn't know games could look like this." And then I showed them how big the game was, and they were like, oh, "Okay, never mind. I was gonna download this, but fuck that." But it's also like, man, the the Hot Wheels DLC. If you're into like Rush from like the the, the early two thousands. No, well, yes, that as well. But um, uh, if you're into the Rush racing game, like the arcade racer, um, wow, this the the Hot Wheels DLC is amazing. Like, there's no exploding cars or anything, but you are legit like going 200 miles an hour on this little rubber track that's like like a mile above the ground, and then it goes into a 90 degree angle, like perpendicular to the ground, and you are just racing with people. It is insanity. Doing loop-de-loops and stuff, there are tracks that turn into ice or water or magnets, and then there are like those boosters like like that are in Hot Wheels, you know, the little boosters that yeah. launch your car out. There are a bunch of those. Man, it is so fun. I've been... uh playing it and of course you've got all of like the uh the different paints and decals and stuff that you can put on your cars and upload up to the fucking the the cloud servers or whatever and there are so many different awesome things but there are every single car has anime girls as a decal and that's one of the most popular ones and so i'm like all right let's go check out to see what the anime girls are and i'm like <laughs> which one's is it the same AR? drawing or does each one have like its own custom one? Oh, they're all they're all completely unique i have like 27 different cars with anime girls on them and they're all unique anime girls it's fucking hilarious and then i go online and race and i'm just like <laughs> these people have to race with me now <laughs> And if I win, I'm going to be up there on the podium and they have to look at me. But uh, there are some really funny ones. Like almost every like uh, off-road vehicle has like a Jurassic Park skin. Like people – it's always one of the first things people do. But if there are like old school like muscle cars, a lot of them – they'll be like a crazy taxi like skin. Uh, There's one that was just the – do you know what Arizona iced tea is? Yeah. You know, like the 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 teal with the pink flowers, and it was just that. It was Arizona iced tea on the car. Like there's some really awesome uh, skins to race around with, and it makes you it makes it more fun to diversify because the alternative is every car has their own rating, but uh, it's like the A rating is like I don't know. Let's just guess the numbers is like 800 to to 700 right and so the higher you get up the better the performance of your car so why would you ever play a 750 if you have a 799 right why would you ever do that well just to goof around with these different cars and to see all the different decals and stuff i mean it's totally superficial but also the game itself will uh it will like 
design the racers around you. So if you do purposefully not pick a 799, the game will make everyone around you be like 750 or whatever you picked. So it, the game is just designed immaculately. And it's so fun. And it's great for people like me who have tons of people on their friends list because the game populates the computers with people who – with people on your friends list. And like just computers with their names. That's that's really yeah, all that's it is. It. But um, like I'll see Macca's guides or I'll see Philip. I'll see Philip driving around in there. And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to fucking slam into you, man. I'm yeah. going to crash you off the fucking map. It's funny. Good stuff. All right. Uh, I also put in Solasta. Do you want to talk about that? Uh yeah. Um I'm sure we're going to have a really long episode. I I really want this to be an episode. And so I'm kind of just riding the wave now of like whatever happens happens at this point because we've hit multiple roadblocks now. And it's to the point where we are always underprepared no matter how prepared we feel we are. We are always vastly uh underequipped for almost every situation we end up in. And so um it's to, it's almost to the point where um if we decide to restart and just wipe our party, I'm almost okay with it. But um, yeah, the most recent one, do you want to talk about what we just recently got through doing? Because I don't even remember what we've talked about anymore. Okay, yeah, so it's a Dungeons & Dragons style game, like as far as the combat goes and kind of how the world works, all on dice rolls. And we are to a point where we're at like a orange scene and smog point where this is the hardest fight in the game. Apparently that's it because it is a vampire and her two lovely assistants, Bloodlord and uh, Blood Woman. I don't even remember Van what their names Anchor. are. Yeah, like so. All the whole premise is we are going to collect a stone because this is Solasta, Crown of the Magister, and we did it. We found the Crown of the Magister, and we we're Roll like, credits. oh, yeah, we, finally, it truly was a Shawshank Redemption, and <laughs> we we get that, and we're like, great. What, what's wrong with it? And they're like. Hey, it's supposed to have like five gems on it. It has one gem. So we need to go out and find all the gems. And Nave is like, he his character put on the, the fancy hat. And he's like, yeah. the fancy hat is telling me to go 11 days into the desert. And I'm like, we only <laughs> packed for like five days of food. So <laughs> this is already. Of course, I never adventure. mentioned how far. It's like, we need to go that way. And Philip's like, take us there. And I, as I start moving, we get about halfway there. And Philip is like, uh, how far are we going now? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm like, really, really far. Because in this game, you can only heal outside of combat if by eating food. And that becomes a problem. At one point, we had a really hard roadblock. But back to this boss fight with a vampire lord. Uh, it is a single persuasion role when you walk in the room where you're like, hey, I need to talk to your boss. And you roll persuasion on it. And she'll just be like, yeah, okay, go ahead. Or optionally, you can fail the roll. And Nave has like a plus seven to persuasion. Oh, plus nine. Plus, plus nine. nine. So he's rolling a 20-sided dice, and he just needs to clear, like, 14 or something like that. And so, the, like, two times we've seen him roll it, he has goofed it each time. And then she's like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to kill you. And she <laughs> proceeds to kill us. And we spent, like, I think, like, five hours one day, a couple hours another yeah. day. Like, so much time min-maxing this fight as best as we could. And it, it is just brutal, the amount of control we do not have in this fight. You think like, oh, if it's hard, obviously you need to be prepared and have your arms and stuff like that. We don't have the team for it. I go online and look up a guy and they're like, oh, he just cast Daylight spell and it does damage to him. And I'm like, great, we do not have anybody that can cast Daylight. Follow up, it turns out that is in the alpha version of the game. Daylight no longer causes damage to vampires. So instead they're <laughs> like, oh, you just need to run back through the doors. Well, 
Turns out in an update, they realized people were just cheesing them by just running away. And you run into the room with the blue orbs that are just lights. And those lights will cause 10 damage a turn. And they only have 80 health. So at that point, they just go into dodge mode. And they just dodge. And eventually, the vampires kill themselves in the orb room. So they're like, nah, the doors stay closed. You can't leave the boss zone. Like, okay, well, they have windows on the wall that we can break open. Still, even with breaking open the windows to let some light in, they then cast a shadow darkness orb that blocks the windows, does not letting any light in. They're like, that sucks. And they're like, oh, just cast light on your sword and it will disable the, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, we don't have a wizard still, so we cannot cast that. And their other point is like, hey, they're going to stay inside the darkness if you're by the light. So just cast flaming orb, which is an AOE flaming attack, and just protect <laughs> your wizard and the enemy will stand inside the orb taking damage every turn. And I'm like, still don't have a wizard. We are two warriors, a, a, a priest a or something like that, a cleric and a rogue. Yeah, so it's like, we have a healer and then three damage dealers. And we're kind of <laughs> tanky. It's like, we don't have any, it just doesn't work. Also, I think they're resistant to normal weapons. We have zero magic weapons, so we're doing half damage in each fight. It's just bad all around. We are at a terrible point, to the point where I'm just like, Nave, just please save scum, roll that persuasion check over and over again until you, she just says, all right, you can go ahead. And just let us walk past. And that's what I did, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, uh, so I, I reloaded the the last autosave. The game autosaves five times, right? Reloaded, I reloaded the last autosave. I went in there. I failed the persuasion check. Uh, I didn't save the game. But as soon as you go into combat, it autosaves. So I was like, oh, it's probably just going to autosave on like the most, the late, the the last autosave that we did, right? Like the yeah. one furthest away from now. Well, no, it just nuked the autosave I was on. So it reset my own the autosave that was right before we walked into that room. So which means I had to go back like 30 minutes to do an entire giant fight of which Philip goofed up and he was all by himself and he got surrounded by eight people. Oh, which by the way, I had to redo that fight like th two or three times because I kept failing that persuasion attempt. I do not know why, even though I plus nine persuasion. But twice, like uh, two out of the three times, I did way worse than the first time we did that fight. Like people were dying. I was wasting we all the spell slots. In but that's the thing. Uh, in, in the in the first one I did, it was like we it was horrible. We were like we were really beaten up. The second time I did really good. Went in there, failed the persuasion check. Oopsies. <laughs> and then so uh, the third time save, I was like, yeah, I didn't save. Of course I didn't because I didn't exactly understand why we lost the auto save. But now I do. And so after that third fight, I was like, I don't care how this fight goes. I'm just going to go persuade that and hope to God that upstairs we don't have to fight another boss. Because uh, it's going to be bad. So uh, this game is really, really tough. Yeah, it doesn't mess around. But didn't you say you put us on a harder difficulty or are we on base difficulty? We're on the whatever it pops up immediately, I assume is normal, right? <laughs> so I'm like normal? that one. Yeah, I think this is normal. Like, it's oh whatever it... I did not change the difficulty at all. I just left it on whatever it was. All right, what else have you been playing? The game's good. Um, What else have I been playing? I have been... I uh, beat Control. I don't know oh, if yeah. I talked about that. What did you think about that fantastic ending? Um, They did a... Uh, they did a, a gotcha with the credit roll. And so I was kind of talking to, I think I was talking to Morgan from the Interlatic Pinecast. I was talking to Melissa too. And we were just bullshitting. And I got to the end of the game and then this credit started rolling. And I was like, wait, was I, I, I thought I was paying attention, but I have no idea what happened. And so I'm like sitting there watching and kind of confused. 
And one of the very first names that comes by, it just says leave. And so I'm like, okay, this is probably a fake. This is probably a fake out. And so it would have been better if like they started fucking with the credits further down. You know what I yeah. mean? But it was like literally the third name just said leave. And I was like, well, that's not that guy's name, right? And of course it starts glitching out and being all wacko. And then it goes on for about maybe an hour and a half more. But um, the game was really interesting. I'm not going to like spoil stuff. I guess that's a little bit of a spoiler, but it's like whatever. But um, I thought it was really interesting. And I still have the DLC to go through. And so I decided I was trying to beat this game just to delete it. I forgot I even owned the DLC, but I bought the Ultimate Edition. So I'm just going to go through and I'm going to do some of that stuff as well. Um, the I, I'm in the first DLC. I think it's Awe. And um, man, the, the enemies are way harder. Like they definitely understood that people were just cheesing with levitation or telekinesis. telekinesis. I mean, telekinesis and is so good. So they be. do not give a shit about telekinesis in the DLC, dude. I don't know if you've played it, but no, wow. Not. Like, I'm actually having to shoot people. It's the worst. And so I'm really hoping that that's just a hard part. I got lost. Like, the game was like, go beat this trial. And I was like, okay. And I went up all the way to the top of this place. And I was talking to Morgan from the Pinecast. And I, 30 minutes passed by. And I'm literally just running in circles. Like, I'm assuming I'm just going to see where to go. But I never see where to go. And so I'm like, maybe I'm supposed to teleport out of here. And I teleport away. And then the game is still like, go that way, like where I just came from. And so it's like, okay, well, I guess I just have no idea what to do. And I'm getting bored. So I'm going to just go play multiverses or something. Yeah, uh, Control's really good. Control's really interesting. Yeah, uh, I know we talked about the Ashtray Labyrinth or Cigarette Maze or whatever it was called. Uh, what did you think about the intern part where you were just a, a worker and you had to uh, clean was... the coffee cups? It was pretty interesting. It just kind of made me want to play uh, the Stanley Parable. Yeah, that's what because, I thought. I'm like, this is just Stanley Parable. Whenever I was doing it, only it's like horror Stanley Parable, or like yeah. unnatural. It was one of my favorite parts. After on that part was like the whenever you finish that part, you get that like cutscene of all of the people going in and out and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna spoil. It's not like these isn't spoilers. I'm not gonna name names, but like. Uh, it's it's really it's really cool and I love trippy stuff so I'm like really starting to think that maybe I should if there are some shows I need to watch maybe I should go and watch like Twin Peaks and stuff like all of the stuff that everything's inspired by I know I keep bringing up like uh, Deadly Premonition and everyone's always saying yeah that's very Twin Peaks I'm like okay well maybe that's just something that I'm into that I didn't know I was into until I played these games so I'm just being exposed to all of this kind of like aesthetic and kind of weirdness. Like, maybe I should even go and watch Gravity Falls, even though I poo-poo so hard on that art style of what? modern cartoons. You don't like Gravity Falls? I love Gravity Falls. What do you mean, like? I just said I've never seen it before. Man, I know, but... <laughs> but I just, just keep looking it up. I'm like, hey, things like this, and then people are like, Twin Peaks, Gravity Falls, you know, all of these things. I'm like, okay, yeah. And even Alan Wake gets brought up, and I'm like, well, that makes sense because of Control, but it's like, I didn't know Alan Wake was this whole genre, but now that I'm looking back on it, I'm like, yeah, 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 it is kind of very similar to this, isn't it? It is. I saw Alan Wick was completely unique and totally no. original. <laughs> but oh well. I was like, is if anything, this is Stephen King. And so well, I think it, it bleeds into that as well. Uh I've been playing a little bit of judgment. Uh since Philip's playing Yakuza, it's got me really into uh the mood of Ryu no Goku or Ryu Go Goku, whatever that company's called now. Judgment's good. Uh, just eating food and watching a few cutscenes and doing some stuff. Uh, the character, uh, whom they call him Tack, but I can't remember what his real name is. Uh, I haven't had enough time with him yet. But um, he's starting to grow on me. Uh, he is 
he's he's interesting. He's his own guy, and the game is like going in its own direction. So uh, I'm really excited. But there's still a whole bunch of like yakuza and stuff. Of course, it's still in Kamarucho, so you got all of the uh, the locale that you're so familiar with after like a decade and a half of playing this one city. But um. Yeah, uh, I really like the combat style. Like he switches, but they bring back the combat styles, or not the combat styles, the uh, the fighting styles, like from Yakuza, Kiwami, and Zero and stuff like that. Yeah. And so uh, he has two different styles. He has the crane, which hits everyone around him, and then he he has the basically like the brawler, who just is a one v one guy that's really slow. And so, but uh, they're really fun and like fluid fighting styles, especially the more you like level up and stuff. So uh, I usually don't really vibe with the combat too much in the brawler yakuza games but uh this is this one's fine and i'm never really ever in danger of dying or anything so that's kind of nice yeah uh whenever you you reminded me recently like i'm always going through game soundtracks on itunes and stuff like that and they have the yakuza soundtrack on there and so you know i'm like oh let's go through that real quick and it's like the first song they have listed on there is judgment which is the, the and it's the brother mix too so yes. it has Nishki in it and so i'm like well i'm just gonna add that to my uh my my song library at this point and so like i'm just dressing in my car listening to like breaking the, the law, law. Yeah. breaking the perfect. world dude i fucking love it i love it so much i can see it in my mind's eye it's so good and so i listened to that and then i also saw they had um uh, Friday night on the list too, and so I'm like, "Well, oh, give yes. me Friday night as well." Because fucking I'm dancing, <laughs> dude. I fucking I'm is so engrossed in this culture now. Like, I love it so much. It's just from that I'm on that one meme page I follow on Facebook or whatever. That's yes. like every Friday night Kiru dancing or whatever. Yeah, and I'm like, there it is again. It's Friday. It's Friday, my my dudes. <laughs> that's a Twitter account as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have any more games or move into backlog busting? I think you just move into backlog busting. Yeah, I haven't really been playing much. I mean, the other game is chess. I am still, I'm not nearly as engrossed in it as I was. My elo is like low 700. Um, I um, so I'm playing. So this is what will will happen. I'll be playing the game and I'll be focusing on it. And then after like five or six like wins in a row, I'll start like watching a YouTube video or like distracting myself. And then I will start like making mistakes. And then as most people who play a lot of chess knows once you make like one mistake usually that's a ca- that's catastrophically just cascades into your entire structure failing and so like once you just don't realize like if you're not paying fully attention and you don't you just move a pawn into right into the way of a bishop and there's nothing defending the pawn and but but it's because you were trying to pressure fucking queen side or something and you're just like oh no oh ah you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah. i hope he doesn't see that and of course he sees it because I'm sure like at least 10% of people on chess.com is cheating, which is better than – so I was playing chess on an Xbox app. I switched over to, to chess.com, which has its own cell phone app, which is pretty neat. But uh, the Xbox game, uh, Chess Ultra, I'm almost positive that like 85 90% of the people on Chess Ultra are cheating. And I don't think there's any way to stop it. Like the, the anti-cheat in chess.com is really, really, really good. Like, if you want, you can go watch this uh, YouTube channel called Gotham Chess, which I've been obsessed with. Him and Chess Simp, I've been fucking watching the shit out of it, binging it, right? And so, uh, Gotham Chess has a, uh, he's like a IM. I don't know, it, GM is a grand, grand magister or 
Grandmaster. And then I don't know what I am is, but he's one of those. And he, I think he's like a moderator on chess.com or something because he can force people to play each other. He can like force them to not – he can like quarantine people and not make them not leave chess games every time they replay games. So – Basically, he will him and his his Twitch chat will find people who are almost obviously cheating, and then he like his Twitch chat will just keep trying to get into their games. And once they find them, they'll hold them hostage there, and then they'll resign at the same time once they get them both, so that they then he can force them to match up with each other. And then they just watch these two chess bots beat each other, and then they almost <laughs> always get banned immediately because obviously this dude I think because that's why I think he's a mod or something because. He's able to do all this stuff because he's always like, okay, I'm going to force them to play again just to see what happens. He's like, I think Black's engine's a little bit faster. So I think that, I think Black's got it. <laughs> he's like dissecting. Oh, it, you can God. really learn a lot from it. But That's also funny. it's such high level chess that if you're like me who is just just now entering this whole thing of like uh, – what is it? Uh, I don't know. It's like chess theory. If that that's what it is. If you're just now like learning about chess theory, you're getting nothing from from hearing this guy dissect shit because he is like going through such high elo plays that people in my elo are just not doing. So it's like you will be doing some high elo shit and then something really random will happen and like it just throws your whole game off. So but I mean chess is fun. It's pretty interesting. It's mostly just memorization. Like I I was I think either last episode or on someone else's show I was comparing it to playing League of Legends or watching people play League of Legends, yeah. and I really do feel that way because I, especially after listening to so much people like description of stuff because they're like okay we need to move our pawns up here so that we can damage their pawn structure over here so that maybe we can infiltrate with our with our long range units and I'm like he's talking about this like it's a fucking video game you know what I mean and, and that makes me even more into it so I don't know. Maybe I just found the correct YouTube channels. That could be it too. So, Nave, uh, I finished Life of Strange Colors, whatever really? it's called. Yeah, and it's good. Yeah, Sonic Colors. Yeah, the sequel to Sonic Colors. And you called it the the guy who was a good guy in the beginning. Big spoilers, by the way. Uh, turns out he was he was bad. <laughs> too late. <laughs> they could probably <laughs> mentally finish that sentence. Before well, well, the problem is you meet like four really nice guys right in the beginning, and then one okay. of them turns out to be heinously evil insane like cartoonishly evil to an extreme degree of like okay do you plan on playing it do you care about spoilers yeah i'm uh, well you can spoil it but I, I i do plan on playing it but i'm sure it'll it'll if it's impactful it's impactful i'm it'll be the okay. emotional impact you know what i mean okay that's just it is like this game also i right, don't, don't worry about spoilers it doesn't matter uh but it tries really hard at the end to hammer down they're like hey uh like oh what game was it uh as dusk falls or whatever they tried yeah. they did that right at the end and it really soured it a little bit for me where they're like by the way your mom has cancer oh by the <laughs> way uh your dad might have a drug problem and he does not have a job anymore oh by the way your dad or your brother has anger issues and you're adopted and i'm like this is they the do last all this third. dump at the end at Holy the end shit. well i mean they lead up to it apparently you can find memories along the way which i did not find by the way and that's supposed to like <laughs> give you more hints about the past and i'm like yeah that's that's kind of rough and it's weird because it also pulls you out of it because there's a point where your character has a near-death experience and you think that maybe she died and that's whenever you get all this memory dump because it's all inside her head like and, repressed memory kind of yeah. thing. No, not even repressed. Well, okay, yeah, it is because like you go through a memory and then you see your brother and he like grabs you and he's like, that's not what happened. And you're like, and then it reverts and makes you go through the same memory again. <laughs> so the whole game is unreliable narrator, like just at the like end. Poisoned. 
before that, it is uh, it's pretty straightforward, pretty by the book. But at the well, end, I mean, but that's what unreliable parts. narrator is, isn't it? It's that you, your, the person you're following isn't telling the story correctly, and so at the end, all of the twists come because you're realizing that your character, or the 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 viewpoint that you're watching the story from, is inaccurate. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that might work for the memory flashbacks, but I think for the current or the the live segments where you're supposed to be in the present, yeah, uh, which they do like a for forward jump, which it was odd. Like they do a forward jump where it's like, this is, this is the Christmas to come, the the Christmas of futures past. And I'm like, whoa, this is really oh, cool. Yeah. And then it comes back and he's like, but that's just one path. And then it's like, what? And then we keep playing for a, a second. That's pretty cool. And I'm like, wait, so that's not the, act. and then you get to make choices on if, like how to make that future happen. And I'm like, you know that, what that reminds me of? That reminds me of the Dark Pictures anthologies when you find those like totems and then they tell you, they show you a possible death. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's just scene. like that. It's like this might happen. That's really so I, cool. I recommend Colors. Go go play it. It's good. All right, I'm convinced. I, it, it's funny that you said that I was right about the whole bad guy thing because when it, I was poo-pooing it on Friday Night Gamecast, and whenever I described the first Life is Strange, my like my big fucking like anger issue with it, besides the fact that it totally overshadowed uh, Tales from the Borderlands, which is a way better game, by the way. Everyone go play that game. It's fucking hilarious. But um. Uh, the, the, I was explaining about how the bad guy who's obviously bad is, is just actually the super good guy who's keeping everything together. And then the guy who's super good is super bad. So it's like the most obvious thing. If you're looking for something like that, um, it's like when I described that to him and cause he, I did that in relationship to him talking about life as strange colors or whatever. And then he just kind of had this look on his face. And I, at first I was like, okay, maybe he just doesn't like that. I'm like poo pooing on this game, but I think it's because I was nailing the new game. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, okay. I think he's just like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> he knows, he knows the structure. Not exactly with, um, the, the, okay. So there's the good guy. All right. So there's the main bad guy that, you know, is apparently the cause of all your problems. Yeah, he is a really good guy in the beginning, and then he reveals himself as a bad dude. Now, there is no clearly bad guy besides the corporation. You're like, oh man, Umbrella Corporation's evil. Yeah, everyone in town knows. Like, it's not, it's not hidden. They are just like a, I want to say like, not really lawful. Like they're lawful evil, I guess, because they're like clear by the books whereas this guy is like heinously evil like intentionally causing the death of others that's funny i just i just right before we were playing this i was eating mcdonald's and watching a youtube video so my normal uh dinner ritual and um i was watching a really old video by cp cgp gray or whatever but it's called rules for rulers you should be able to just type that into youtube the rules for rulers because that video has like 20 million views it's it was super viral this is the first one I ever saw from that YouTube channel. Um, you should definitely go check it out. It's one of my favorites. Um, and he was talking about, like, why do leaders act so fucking stupid? Like, is it – are they stupid or only stupid people becoming leaders? Or is there something else acting on them? And then he goes through exactly what it means to be a ruler, like, or to have any kind of power in, in, in like, multiple different, like, like uh, variations of, like, configurations of of, of structure of like uh of hierarchy you know what i mean yeah. like specifically he goes through like being like a dictatorship and then he goes through a democracy so he goes through like the two polar opposites on e on the sides of the spectrum and then he weaves all of that in to everything you know what i mean he's like this applies to this and this and this if you're the boy scout leader this applies to you if you're the leader of the fucking homeowners association this applies to you all of this is the same all of it 
and he's just like and it is such a good video but um every time i hear stuff like that it's like this corporation's clearly evil it makes me really extra extra want to play the game just so that i can look at it and go what the what is Pers- moving them what is moving the needle for this guy like or or this company like why are they doing the things that they're doing and try to like analyze all of it and that might make the whole house of cards fall while i'm playing the game as well but no, um, um just to step in like the you encounter i think maybe four different characters in the uh in the corporation and mm-hmm. they all mostly act on fear and self-preservation and that is the whole company's movement because it's like you have a lower tier guy who's like i'm gonna lose my job or everyone in town's gonna hate me if i don't do what i need to do and he ends up having a very bad time loses a girlfriend and he what he thinks is gonna happen comes true then you have like a not a ceo but like she's very high up who is worried that something like something bad's gonna happen in the town and it's gonna make her look bad so she is putting more pressure on a lower executive that you talk to in the town because you never meet this like CEO executive. So you only read her emails and stuff like that. But this lower tier yeah. one, you see her and you talk to her. And she is also in crippling fear because she knows this is like the best job she's ever had. And she doesn't know what she's going to do if she can't. Basically, she has to like do all this bad stuff and get her hands dirty. Even though she doesn't want to. But she's afraid to not do it. Yeah, she's afraid everything's gonna come crumbling down. Yeah, I mean, it sounds super interesting. I'll I'll probably get into it like relatively soon. I think I'm gonna get through Judgment first before because I I was like I JRPG and heavy story game. I I have to have like one of those going, and then I can juggle juggle a whole bunch of other shit. But if I start getting multiple stories going at the same time, I'm gonna start getting confused. All right, let's move on to what did Nave buy? Did you buy anything this week? Uh no, that I went. There's a huge sale going on, and I went into my wish list, which has like 80 games in it. Zero on sale, so I was very oh, no. disappointed by that. Um, very sad. So uh, I'm just gonna remind everyone to go play. What should they play? Phantom Batula, Fatum Batula. Go play that game. That game's like four bucks. Nice. Go look right. it up. So news slash updates, Nave. I think adaptations are getting better on the uh, the movie slash TV zone because I don't know if are you, remember we talked about uh, old Neil Gaiman uh, last week or the week before. Uh, yeah. Well, his Vaguely. Sandman has just been adapted into a Netflix series, and I was really scared because I'm like, finally, I love Sandman. They finally made it into a series. Let's go watch it. I hope Netflix didn't poop the bed on this one. Yeah, they the, nailed it. That's the it that's is the incredible. guy from the Metallica song, right? No, well, yeah. Yeah. That one. <laughs> yeah. He's that one in uh the bum 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 like Mr. Sandman, send me a dream. <laughs> like oh, are those one. the words? I that's one of those weird songs that I know like the pitch of the words, but I have no idea what the words actually were. I didn't know yeah. it was about the Sandman. So yeah, it's Sandman. Uh he is Morpheus, the god of dreams. Are you familiar with Sandman, the comic books or any of that stuff? Dude. No, no, I don't know how to read. I know you don't watch TV, but if you do, yeah. watch the Sandman Netflix show. Specifically, like you, you might even like skip the episode like five where you get to the death episode because the whole premise is like uh, all the gods are real and all the embodiments are real. Sandman's real and his sister is death. Like the, not even the Grim Reaver. She is just death. And he spends a day where he's, he's a little bummed out because uh, 
Dream, or not Dream, well, his name is Dream, but the Sandman, he's a bit of an emo guy, and he gets a little sad, and he's like, humans are the worst, and Death is like, I love humans, come on, I'll show you around, <laughs> and then she takes him on a walk around, where she goes out and basically does her job, and interacts with these humans, and it is one of the most emotional little bits of TV I've seen in a long time, like, it moved my soul watching Even this. more emotional than that Breaking Bad episode where he throws the pizza on the roof? I didn't watch that. Oh, well, that's a good show. I mean, that's it's just so good. It, it's got to be a good show if I've seen it. I don't know about that. Because, like, well, just in the death episode, it's only 40 minutes long. And it's like the first 20 minutes, he's following death around. And then the last 20 minutes, he's like, well, you know, humans don't even like you. You kill people. What if, you know, what if, and we find a guy's like, what if this guy lived forever, pretty much? And he, she's like, okay, let's see what happens if he lives forever. And so she doesn't take him. And this guy lives to be 500 years old. And it shows dream his name is dream or whatever they call him dream they call him sam they call him morpheus whatever the lord of dreams and nightmares whatever Not and it's like he, he comes back every hundred years to talk to this guy and basically checks in and he's like hey man how was the last century and he's like incredible i've become knighted i'm a knight of england fantastic i got a wife and everything it's amazing it's like sweet comes back a hundred years later he's like i'm homeless my son died in the war and it's just like all of a sudden everything's like terrible <laughs> and then it's like he comes back next year and he's like he comes back and he's like you won't believe it business is back i'm booming i'm involved with the slave trade and he's like this you know <laughs> and it's like that's not in that like morpheus is then like like we gave you a choice not to die and you are taking that choice from others. Maybe you should get a different business. And they have like an ethical discussion about that. I'm like, dang, this is a heavy episode. Like, this is brutal. I it reminds it. me just a random meme that I saw. It was just some Reddit post. And it was like, it was like, uh, how come every vampire in like nonfiction is like super wealthy and rich? And I was like, it, and then the top reply was like, um, if you've lived for 800 years and you're still poor, then maybe you should just walk <laughs> into sunlight. <laughs> it's really fucking funny. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Dude, it's <laughs> You're exactly just a like failure that. vampire. Like, bad. <laughs> well, no, it's like we see those vampires though. Those are like the ones that are like the blood creedens that are like the blood fiends oh, yeah. running around in the darkness. Oh, vampire gank. Yeah. <laughs> or, or not, what is it? Vein ganker. That's what I said. Well, it was like, oh yeah, it reminds me, like you were, you were like, skip to like episode five. That reminds me, I've just started watching, I said just started probably like a month ago. I've been watching uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like one episode a month, essentially. That's the rate I'm going. And because nice. everyone's like, man, this is exactly your sense of humor. You're going to fucking love it. These guys are the worst people that have ever existed. And so it's so funny, the stupid shit that they get into. But skip forward until Danny DeVito's in the show, which is only like halfway through the first season or maybe at the beginning of season two. I don't know. But I just got through like the first episode of Danny DeVito. And I'm going to say the first season's fine. I don't know if the show just gets way better like after Danny DeVito shows up because it's very it is very funny. Danny DeVito's character. But um, oh, he's the trash man. He lives in the trash. Like it's just it's just all like just really it's like what's the most offensive shit we could talk about? Let's just make an entire episode about that. And it's like what do these assholes think about abortion? Or what do these assholes oh, no. think about the N word? And then they make them start saying the N word in front of people like in arguments. And it's really fucking funny. I'm like surprised that that shit even exists still on Hulu. Like I like how have people not canceled this fucking episode? Because there's like episodes of The Office that like you know someone's wearing blackface and it's just gone but the office really? is so tame compared to this fucking shit man yeah i think so i might have made that up i make shit up all the time but i'm pretty sure that's true and um it's, it's like the boondocks like i don't know like that that show is pretty extreme yeah the show is extreme but it's from like the other angle right 
because these are like always sunny is like a very it, everyone is very white like that's the whole point is that they are all just like middle class white people that own an irish bar you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's really fucking funny but um the boondocks is also really fucking funny i watch that show every now and then too i think weren't, weren't we just talking about putting the boondocks in multiverses or was that off? I would, was that off I think the it show? Was off. Yeah, because I, that sounds pretty good. We already have Aru Stark in it, so like M-rated stuff can make the cut. Yeah, can we get Uncle Ruckus in in multiverses? Maybe. Or wait, who's the old person that beat the shit out of Grandpa's ass, <laughs> and oh, then the he comes bl- back the from blind the dead? Samurai. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he comes back and like possesses uh, their neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have anime fights, dude. The Boondocks is so good. God. All right. Oh, other ad- adaptations. The reason I was late for the pod today, which I was the one that caused us to be late today. Uh, Nave, I was watching the Uncharted movie and I have not played any of the Uncharted games, but that movie bangers. It's really good. Is it good? I heard that yeah. people like it. I heard. So it's like, that's funny you said you did because I know you've never played it, but uh, a lot of people who've played the game are like watching it and they're like, yeah, I see what they're trying to do, but none of this is correct. And I'm like, I, this is, it makes me think of people who are like, watch harry potter and they're like they've left all of this good shit out or even me when i was like don't watch the Rampa anime play the fucking game because there's so much fucking context that you miss out on like things just go so fast there's only so much you can fit into a 30 minute episode right or like a 25 minute episode uh there's like stuff from uncharted 2 that happens in the movie and i'm like but it's supposed to be like young drake and so like it is a complete a complete like reimagining of the of the sh- of everything which i think is fine you know what i mean if you're going to move mediums you might as well reimagine the whole entire thing which is why i'm not so angry about halo tv show even though it, it seems to be objectively bad seems like uh if you're into like the superhero movies or like the action blockbusters anything with the rock and kevin hart in it if you're into any of that you're going to like the uncharted movie which makes me want to i wanted to go see it in theaters but i just fucking forgot okay. about it so i do have to ask uh, this is spoilers for the Uncharted movie. In the games, is there one point where they are on flying pirate ships shooting cannonballs at each other? Flying pirate ships? Yeah. Like they have helicopters pick up pirate ships, are transporting them through the air over the ocean, and they are firing cannons at each other from the pirate ship. Man, this is going to expose me as a fake Uncharted fan. Um, I don't remember this happening at I all. Think, I think it is. I think that's an Uncharted 2. Like if I had to guess, that's where it would probably be. But um, because there there's a scene I remember from the trailer where he's falling out of the back of a plane, and yes. I'm assuming that's the same point in the in the in the movie, right? Where they're transporting yeah. the ships. So I'm pretty sure that is an Uncharted two, and because that exact sequence of falling out of the plane and climbing back no, up okay. into the back. Even better, that scene happens. They wash up on the beach after you know getting in the car and everything and i'm pretty sure this is the voice actor for drake is chilling on the beach and uh spider-man walks up to him and he's like uh, he's like oh what happened to you guys you know after he sees them all messed up and he's like oh i fell out of the back of a plane in a car that crashed into the ocean or something like that and then (laughs) the dude on the beach is like you know that same exact thing happened to me and he's like, okay. and then Spider-Man's like, okay, bud, and just walks off. And I'm like, that that had to be the voice actor of Drake from the game. It might be. Like, I think it's uh, it's one of the super famous ones. That I can't remember any of their names for some reason off the top of my head. But yeah, it's a, uh, it it looked like a funny movie. There was one thing in the trailer that had me go, okay, I might like this movie just as as a goof. But it was this Irish guy talking to him in the bathroom, yeah, that was and great. he says like a long like 
like a long it's like a intro to a mortal Kombat fight you know what i mean and then drake just goes what that's a reoccurring joke that guy is like a bodyguard for like the main bad dude and he just keeps encountering drake and fighting him and every time he's like he hits him with the i can't even do the accent but this very accented like irish english like right out of and he's like i have no idea what you're saying as like <laughs> but he's just like pulling like threatening to kill him pretty much the whole time it's so funny yeah i mean tom holland's such a charming guy like a, at is. least on camera and um so it's like i don't know it, it's it's probably super fun i oh, mean i uh, can i can literally rent it right now on xbox i think at one point uh he is in the full like you know the cover art of like uncharted one where he's like he has yeah. the uh the harness on with the pistol and like the yeah. white shirt and everything there is one scene where he gets the harness he puts it on and stops for like three seconds posing in front of the camera and i'm like they did the thing i see it yeah they did it. it's it's, it's that, that's like a devil may cry when it rebooted with ninja was it ninja theory or was it team yeah. ninja that did it but i, um, I get them confused all the time one's the big the movie people, people and the other one is the ninja gaiden people but um uh yeah they pissed a lot of people off because dante is like this emo like edgy boy i honestly like dmc quite a bit like i think it's super fun i i like i said i'm fine with things getting reimagined it's like whatever as long as you're like blatant about it you're like this is a reimagining i'm okay with it but um there's a part right at the beginning where a mop literally like he's in like a tornado tempest fucking like situation and a mop lands right on his head as he's looking at himself in the mirror and he goes not in a million years because he just, just looks like white hair and that yeah. is, i feel like that is exactly just making fun of the people who are mad about it already you know what i mean funny. and it's it's, it's like doubling down like not in a million but it's what's funny is like when you when you buy the game now the new dlc like the dmc ultimate edition or whatever for the remaster it has like dante skin in there so you can like just swap to have like new old dante in there i don't know that's good all right i think we need to move on so patreon Thanks, Pinecone and Michael. We couldn't do it without you. Nay, what goes on with the Twitter? Nothing. I didn't wake up. Nobody's played this game. So awesome. I, I was like, better. no one's going to fucking say anything about this game. All right, let's take a quick break and then we'll hit our game. And we're back. Our game this week, Ember, developed by Muse Games. You might know them from hit games such as Guns of Icarus Online and Hamsterdam. Yeah. I don't know any of these games. Classic. Yeah. But Guns of Icarus, that was the um that was the steampunk airship, you know, pirate ships in the air combat game, right? Yeah, totally ripping off Uncharted. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh published by Curve Digital, notable publisher, because they did Human Fall Flat and Lawnmower Simulator. Lawnmower Simulator. Isn't that a game that we played for the pod? No, not yet. Maybe one day. Oh, uh, it's actually free on Epic Store like three weeks ago. So if you have access <laughs> to time travel, you can pick up Lawnmower Simulator. Uh, this game came out May 2020 and from the Windows Store. Team up with friends to become the most uber firefighters money can buy. Rush into burning buildings filled with dangerous hazards, valuables, and top-of-the-line security systems. Fight fires, save lives, salvage goods, and make life-changing money. Buy high-tech tools with advanced upgrades and fresh outfits that unlock new ways to play microsoft store new ways to play so uh just right up the top we spent a lot of time before getting to this game talking about just random malarkey because i don't know if we're gonna have that much to say about <laughs> this game because we did not finish it we put quite a chunk of hours into this game maybe tens of hours and we only made it through the first two worlds we were on the third world and we just had none of the places unlocked 
and me and Abe just completely lost all all flame and steam, all that stuff. We could not bring ourselves to play this game anymore. He's taking a little bit of the heat, no pun intended. He's taking a little bit of the heat off of me by saying hit me and him decided that we had no more steam left in the tank. But uh, it was a lot of it was mostly me. You if you want uh, if you listen to the last week's episode, uh, you probably heard our little charade or what is it escapade with uh, Ember and. It's that is where we left it off. We never played any more of it. We just decided enough's enough. But we do have a little bit to say about this game, so it's gonna be there. There was some fruit to be picked okay, from this burning so, tree. In case you didn't catch the last episode, the premise of the game is uh, you are familiar with the apps such as Uber, uh, DoorDash type of stuff. It's like there's an app for everything these days. So what if we had an app for fire? Yeah, there's an app. There was an app for in San Francisco. You can find out where there's human shit on the ground. There's a human <laughs> shit tracker. Have you heard about this? No, that sounds useless. It's well, I guess amazing. It's so cool because you can. Cl- there's a million. It's so scary. Actually, you click, you open the map, and like there's a bunch of dots. You're like whatever, and then you zoom in, and those dots turn into a hundred more dots all over the place. And then you're like, this is horrifying. Is there any way this can get more horrifying? Yes, dear listener, you can click on a dot and see a picture of the poop <laughs> where it is. Like people are like smearing poop on doors and stuff of fucking businesses. It's like. What is going on in California? What's in the water over there besides salt? Because they're in the ocean. They're by the ocean, you know. But yeah. it was bad. Joke. So in this, you're, the app is Ember. That's the name of it. And you are Ember agents. So we are freelancing firefighters. So your house catches on the fire. Don't worry. Just pull out your phone and contact your nearest Ember agent. And we'll rush over and try to save your life. And maybe save your stuff for a little tip. Or maybe just steal your stuff if you're not looking. So the whole game is a first-person shooter, puzzle, platforming, firefighting sim. It, it's really awkward. Uh, all the survivors or victims of the fire are just inside playing on their phones mindlessly. And you have to then go in and rescue them, grab them, and carry them out to the rescue point. And you got to save enough of them to complete the level and get paid. Says a lot about society. No, it doesn't. Watching your phone while your world burns around you. Are there any other um, uh, intellectual moments in this game, Philip? Besides that, uh, they always leave a review at the end whenever you rescue them. And the first review we got was, "We lived, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> How existential! <laughs> yeah. So, this game. First off, I just want to say, who is this game really for? Because this is an arcade title, definitely. Like this is a meant to get high scores and rack up points. It's not really an RPG or anything like that. But is this game aimed at children? Because this game is a little, like, actually hard. Like, we had some, like, we were playing on the hardest difficulty. I don't know if I told you that. But this game was hard when we were playing it. Oh, I thought we were just failing because of my incompetence. Well, that too. <laughs> but I feel like like we would just open up our lobby because the more people you have on your team, the easier the level is. If you have a four-man four team, that's more people spraying water. That's more people grabbing people and throwing them out. That's more people stealing things to give money. It's just a better system. But it seemed like every time we got, we always get like one person in, on our team that is either a troll or a child, I can tell. But it's like as we're rescuing civilians, putting them outside, he's over there with his fire axe just chopping people's heads off, murdering the <laughs> crap out of them. And I'm just like, why? Or they like grab a, because of every apartment complex has their repository of flaming barrels. And he would just light one on fire and then come in and throw it at us while we're putting out the fire to light us on fire and kill us. Hey, what is going on with this game? 
I don't know. Especially because they'll they'll keep their flaming barrels in really weird places like the kitchen. I always put my flaming barrel in the closet in my hallway. So it's always out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, so the worst part about just having these randoms join us is there is no kick function in this game, at least not that I could find. So we would have to recreate a new lobby and just hope they didn't join us back. It, does this game have the, the fucking poo-poo destiny uh, menu system? Cursor? Yeah, I can't it, remember. Uses the, it has a cursor on it. So We've been running just... into a lot of these, and these make me so angry. Uh, Power Wash Simulator has this as well. I get it. Your game was designed on PC first, and then you just last second ported the game to the Xbox. But please let me highlight things just by moving the analog sticks around. That's what they're there for, for waggling them around and picking, highlighting other things. Yeah. So there is actually quite a few game modes in this game as well. So there is the normal like rescue operation where you rescue people. And at the same time, if you can save some of their stuff or stick some of their stuff in your car's trunk to get a little extra money on the side, you can do it. But then the side ones are a lot more interesting, such as the robbery one, where the whole point is to only steal things. There's no survivors. <laughs> it's just go in there and grab as much stuff as you can and just put it in a pile on the front lawn. Or the demolition ones, where it is like an insurance fraud type deal, and you don't want to remove anything from the house. Instead, you need so much money worth of damage done to the house. So that's where you're throwing explosive barrels, trying to spread the fire around, at the same time not get killed by the fire that's always going on. Or the gas, or the blowback from opening doors and stuff. Yeah, okay, let's talk about some hazards. So of course we got fire. This is a hazard I didn't even think about as with firefighters, but electricity is a major hazard in this game, because there's outlets everywhere and if the power is turned on and you're spraying water you're gonna have a bad time you just get electrocuted to death all the time like you could buy gear to protect you i put all my money into gear to protect me from electricity just so i could spray water everywhere and not die that was one thing too which is really interesting i mean like you're right i didn't ever think about how electricity affects like a building fire but also it's like this game doesn't really relay the information to you very well sometimes. So sometimes I will be genuinely playing and then I'll just die. And I'm like, what uh, What killed me? And Philip will show up later and he's like, Nave, you're standing right next to an electrical outlet. And I'm just like, well, I was so distracted by the freaking uh, monsoon of flames around me that I didn't notice that a little <laughs> bit of shocking was happening on my right hip bone. Yeah, so there's that uh, fall damage is a big killer, especially we'll talk about the grapple hooks later on, but we get grapple hooks. And yeah. we would fall a lot. They did more harm than good, for sure. Uh, the other big killer is explosions. You, there is blowback. If a room is sealed and the windows aren't broken and the door is closed and the fire's in there, the door will start to glow red. And you won't even notice because you're just chopping away with your axe. And you'll, because you can't open any doors in this game. You only crack them open with your axe. And so you're cracking open their door and then the whole room is just on fire there and just a fireball launches out. And I think there's one mission we were working on where I got killed by blowback, I think three separate times. And I'm like, Nave, I'm, I'm dead in the same place. I thought I could dodge the blowback this time. You know, it's really funny that you mentioned that, like the ones opening the doors. I actually have a little bit of information on this that you just unlocked from my brain. Oh, uh, tell me more. I was fire listening safety. to a podcast about 9-11. And um, they were talking about <laughs> how, this? well, this is, it has nothing to do with 9-11, but okay. it was about 9-11. That's fun fact. Uh, but um, they were talking about how, how whenever you do go into a burning building, the, stu the structural integrity of the building is causing everything to shift around so that like, if the building is like parts of it are getting damaged, walls are fall like crumbling and stuff. Clearly the building has to shift in order to keep like maintain the structural integrity. Right. So yeah. the entire house is designed 
as if that isn't happening. So that's why doors can open and close normally. But if the building shifts even a little bit, this happens in like earthquakes and stuff too. This can cause all of the all of the doors to become like misaligned and not open in okay. their door frames. I see what so you're it's talking like, about. Uh, uh, like so, firefighters are always like knocking doors down because of that. Because like they just assume, like I guess they just assume that all doors aren't just are just going to stop working if the fire is bad enough. That's pretty interesting, know. actually. That's more. But okay, so there's that. And then the final mechanic is security systems, which is interesting because you're like, hey, man, uh, I need to pedal this fire, but I don't have the key to your door. And so your door's locked <laughs> and you just happen to have an axe proof door. Very unfortunate. Or they have like bars on the outside of their windows or something like that where you can't climb through the windows. That caused a lot of people to die in my experience <laughs> of like, yeah, you're screwed. Turns your house into a prison. <laughs> yeah, like you can't, we can't get in. All right, so let's start talking about some of the key features we use to rescue people. Of course, well, I do we want have to our... talk about like the What's fire that? is the fire is so much more intense than I was giving it credit for. It's like, scary. You will be in a, you will be in a different part of the house. Like you'll run through the living room, and as you're coming back, everything is destroyed around you. And then you turn around, and fire's creeping behind you, and you have a, a survivor on your shoulder. This is what I imagine the inside of a hot pocket is like. Whenever like you had just <laughs> got done cooking it in the microwave, but it, it's just like deadly molten magma everywhere around you, everywhere you see, and it's horrible, especially. Whenever you accidentally electrocute yourself and then your friend has to come get you, like, I mean, there were so many moments where, like, I would grapple hook into somewhere and then I would get trapped by fire and desperately trying to save myself. I run out of water because you can run out of water in this game. And then I'm just on the ground like, <coughs> Philip, <laughs> save yeah. me, Philip. And Philip's like, where are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's fire everywhere. Yeah, the fire is very dangerous, as it turns out. And they, they're... Parts where like ceiling beams and stuff like that will fall down, blocking exits. So you have yeah. to like crawl under them. It's pretty brutal. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is supposed to be an arcade kind of party title, but it is like brutally demanding when you and play. When people it. die, they just turn into skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> so, your first item they give you is just your generic spray hose, which is just like you have like a water pack and you can just spray water all around. And it's pretty good, puts out fires, but it also spreads electricity. Not so good. Not much to say about that. Uh, it puts water on the floor if that comes up for later because the electricity can travel through water on the floor. Uh, which can be used for puzzle solving too, yeah. which I guess we can talk about later too. Uh, next up, you have a fire extinguisher, which does the same thing as the hose, but without water. So if the room is full of you know electricity, you can spray the fire extinguisher around. It also puts out gas fires if there's, or not gas, oil fires, or grease fires, that's it. If there's a grease fire, you can use the fire extinguisher because if you use the water, it just makes it explode and catches yeah. the whole room on fire more. One thing we'll bring up, I guess, a little bit later too, but everything has their own little upgrades and the fire extinguisher can be upgraded to like, like uh, actually physically eat gas and stuff like that. I think it yeah. could be upgraded to mess with electricity as well. I don't remember, but... One thing we didn't mention, another hazard, there is toxic gas, which some <laughs> missions just have toxic gas in the rooms. Where it's like, oh no, there's literally a green barrel in that room that is just leaking gas. And you have to destroy the barrel, but that releases the gas. And then you need to either open a window, which makes it slowly clear, or you can use the fire extinguisher to push the gas away. This really makes me wonder if the people that own the buildings, that lived in the buildings, did they put these barrels here? Or, yeah, or is, there so like a, is there a renegade uh, faction going around burning shit down with barrels? Like, is Um Shinrikyo just running around destroying, like, like, where are we? What's going on? 
oh, well, most of the missions that do have the, the poisonous barrels in there, uh, the owner says, like, those are usually the insurance fraud ones, too, where it's like, hey, I need you to destroy stuff, and that becomes another hazard. Like, hey, I left all my toxic chemicals in there. I need you to get rid of them. And so it's like you need to destroy the green barrels, and you need to destroy the house. Yeah, the insurance doesn't pay out for toxic chemical fire. As it turns out, it doesn't. Uh, your next big ticket item is your iPad, which lets you find survivors because you can see through walls with it, and you can like also see where your allies are. So when I'm like, "Nay, where are you?" and he's like, "I don't know," <laughs> I pull out my iPad and I Batman scan around the room until I'm like, "Okay, it looks like he's on the middle floor, maybe of this building," and then I have to like try to navigate the inside to get to that point. Actually, kind of a cool is like a uh, a cool tool. It makes it so you're not just running to waypoints and it becomes more chaotic when you're like, where is the exit? Whenever you have a survivor on your shoulder and you're like, I need to find my way out. And you're like scanning with the iPad to look where you need to go. Yeah, I didn't use it too much. In fact, towards the end, I think I accidentally popped, like pulled it off of my hotkey bar and then just never put it back in. Yeah, I just forgot about it. All right. So these next tools are all basically the same thing. You have like a jump pad, you have a trampoline, you have a ladder. These all are just basically... That could mitigate fall damage to help you get higher places. Not that interesting. But what really is interesting is the grapple hook. This is oh, a yeah. game changer. Like once we got the grapple hooks, all of a sudden this game became a lot funner, but also a lot harder because we would then kill ourselves with the grapple hook. Many times. This grappling hook doesn't work as intuitively as you would think it would. And then sometimes it feels like the internet delay is like screwing you over. But Philip was saying that he was playing the game by himself like without any internet connection and he was also like lagging he would you you can grapple hook up to a ceiling you'll get caught on a pixel of like a piece of wall you'll stop for a second and then you'll fall straight down like with no momentum like at all like i mean with no carried over momentum so you'll just go right into the earth and break your ankles now nay we talked about this before where you can steal items and that seems oh, yes. to be your favorite go-to move. So how about you tell me about the your kleptomaniac moves? Well, here's the thing. Um, the game encourages you to do this because in order to buy upgrades, you need money. In order to get money, you get paid in tips by, like, you know, it's kind of just like Uber, where those poor souls are working for nothing, but they get paid in tips. Uh, America, maybe uh, pay attention to stuff like that. But um, this game allows you to steal people right from under their noses and whenever you pick stuff like the way i'm the reason why i'm saying it encourages you to do that is because every time you pick something up it tells you the financial value of the said <laughs> thing that's in your hands it's really so it's if you, fantastic if you pick up a tv it goes 57.93 and you're just like oh <laughs> like <laughs> right next to the window i can just whoopsie drop that down there and then remember to come pick it up whenever we're uh, making our great escape but um, there's one thing that you can get. There are hidden monies in almost every level, maybe even every level. It's a giant bundle of cash. It's only worth $100. So I'm imagining it is just like 50-cent dollar bills. You know what I mean? Like 50-cent bills all together. Because they are big stacks. But it's so great because every time you every time you come around a corner and you see one, it's just like, all my life, I dream of someone like you. And you got to grab it and take off with it. Philip was getting very mad at me, though. Okay, most of these require some bit of skillful play to acquire. It's like they're either hidden in like a back closet where it's like you have to have just found it lucky and then you have to navigate all the way to it, then all the way out. And then these houses are like bunny tunnels of just curving around all over the place. These get so yeah. confusing. 
And so it takes effort to get these, or it's like, okay, to get this, you need to go out this window, go on this fire escape, go up one floor to the left, break that window, drop down, then you can break through the floor to get the money. And then you have to find your way out of that one room. That's cool. But the way the game makes you progress, you have to get stars or flames on a level. Now, we did not get through the final levels because you need so many flames to unlock them. And we had many one flame levels because when me and Nate were playing, <laughs> he was prioritizing getting this money out or just robbing the people, whereas I'm trying to get the people. And your score gets higher when you save items for the people by giving it back to them or just by saving more people than you need. Because it'll be like, oh, you need to get four survivors, but there's nine people in the place. So most of them can die. It's not a big deal. And it's like, okay, cool. But we're working for tips, guys. What do you expect? Oh my God. So we would do all we can. I would do all I can. And I was like getting really good at, you know, doing trick shots with the grapple hook, flying around. I would like, we would replay levels because we would fail them because we'd only rescue three people instead of four. So I would be like, all right, I know exactly where I need to go because the level is the same every time. There's slight RNG, I think, but not a crazy amount. Like there might be different fires in different places or the start of the fire is different. And then while I'm doing this, I see the tooltip pop up saying that Nave is stealing stuff or it's like gives Nave like, hey, you know, make sure you rescue the people before you start stealing stuff or whatever. And I'm like, Nave, stop stealing stuff. We need to finish the mission. Help me get the survivors. Then I'll help you steal stuff. But we need to finish the mission. Otherwise, we're going to lose all the stuff you grabbed. And Nave's like, hold on, I just need to get this TV as he's like trying to rotate the TV around <laughs> the stairs to get it down. And I'm like, it's not going to work. Well, the, I, so one thing I should, in my own defense, I don't think I, so whenever you are not the host, you don't get to see any of the mission structure or anything. So I literally never played this game except in Philip's game. I didn't know what the mission structure was like. I didn't know what the fires meant. I didn't know, like, it's like basically five fires out of five if you did a great job. And I was just like, yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit about the, this isn't uh, overcooked. I don't give a fuck about this game. And so it's like, I, I didn't know that I, I wasn't a hundred percent aware. I think I maybe heard Philip say it once or twice, but I wasn't exactly made aware that we really did need more fires to continue the game. And uh, so I was like, I you work on the things because we only had to rescue four people. That should be super easy in like five minutes, right? I'm just gonna steal stuff the, for full time. That's just gonna be I'm gonna be the renegade uh, fire worker. And so my I, what was my uh, head? Oh no, this was. That was for Power Wash Simulator, where I was just straight oh, yeah, out of we prison. We gave ourselves backstories in Power Wash Simulator. Yeah, which we need to go back to, I think, because I think they fixed that. that I hope they did. That glitch. Anyways, um, oh shit, what was I saying? Oh yeah, so I was like full-time just stealing stuff. And then once we got to the part where Chapter 3, which I didn't even know the game was separated into chapters. But um, Philip was like, we have to go back and start replaying missions because you kept stealing stuff, Nave, And they gave us bad reviews. So now we don't, we aren't prestigious enough to go save those other fires and i'm just like it broke me because i was already like an hour and a half into just not wanting to play this game anymore by this time we were already playing Solasta, and i have had that on the mind this game this Solasta game while not nearly to the extent of elden ring but in comparison to the games we've been playing this Solasta game has been absorbing my fucking thought processes and i think it's been doing it a little bit to philip too because we he'll just randomly text me in like at like 2 p.m. while I'm at work and go, hey, Nave, maybe you should just go and like solo that one pa that one place or reload and save scum. Because the problem is you can save scum in this game and get new dice rolls. It's not in Solasta, but it's it's not like XCOM where it remembers. But if you're connected to people online, then you have to wait for everyone to load back in with you. And it's very annoying, but it's, you can do it really fast on the solo thing. 
But anyway, Ember, uh, stealing stuff is probably the most fun part of the entire game. You're not wrong. (laughs) That sounds like, it's like, we could go back and get those flames. And like all the different little side missions, like demolition and robbery and stuff like that, all the heisting ones, you can get, if you complete all of those under a location or under a level, you get one bonus flame. So there was so many levels or different variations of this game. It's like you'll have one level and it will have a rescue operation and then like four other variant operations underneath it. And that's a lot of gameplay. This game has a lot of game content. It's just if you can deal with the nature of the content, because I was getting not like bored, but it got to a point where I wasn't having fun anymore. Yeah, everything is a little volatile in the game, almost as if you're saving stuff and people from a burning building, and that is just in its own nature volatile. But um, things can go wrong in Haywire really fast, and having to replay the same things, it's like there are there's there's variants in the levels, but everything looks the same, so it doesn't feel like you're like progressing in a meaningful way. Like there are some drastically different levels. Like you didn't mention this, but we went through a few levels where there were like time trials where there was nothing but get to the end of the area like a race and what was interesting about those is that there was multiple branching paths so me and phillips just unknowingly went to do two different paths and i get killed because i accidentally uh open a thing and it lets a bunch of poison gas in and then i just breathe that in and die and then philip was like where are you and i'm like i'm by the poison gas philip's like what poison gas and he has to backtrack all the way to the intro and then go all the way down my path to go save me meanwhile he's just like he's seeing all the puzzles i saw and he's like what the hell look at all this shit like look at all this shit i never saw and I'm like, look, Nate, we're not doing this. Follow me down my path. And we backtrack to the beginning again and then go down my branch. And you're like, what, what is all this stuff? As you like see all the puzzles I solved to get to there. Like it is like those movies or not movies. Those levels are kind of interesting. And then there's also these boss levels where one, uh, let's see, which one was it? Oh, there's one where you had to fight like Canadian a guy. Canadian syrup dealer who was throwing explosive barrels and boxes at us and the whole premise was you had to have a gravity gun fight where you had to catch the objects in the air and throw it back to him or whenever the electricity turned on you had to spray water on him so he gets electrocuted it was really obnoxious i hated that we but, need to pay our firefighters more if this is what they're going through on a daily basis yeah. they gotta fight rogue canadian syrup dealer agents and then there's um one mission i think this is one that broke us was you had we were at ember hq and the building was on fire or something. I don't remember. And so we landed on the roof in a helicopter. We had to get the CEO out. But since the building was also going down, we had to destroy certain documents downstairs that they wanted us to get yeah. rid of. And then we also need to recover a, like a hard drive that had some experimental Ember drone data on it or something like that, like corporate type stuff. And that was really like it was like a puzzle where we had to like go up an elevator multiple times, use different color keys, like red keys on red doors, blue keys on blue doors. I think we just ended up saying, like, we're not doing this anymore because there were so many parts where you would die and it would teleport you back to the roof. Yeah. And it was like, Philip, I'm on the roof again. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm on the third floor all the way in the, the document room at this point, throwing documents out the window. <laughs> I guess. And there was one time where me and Philip were doing a puzzle that involved like putting buttons on doors. And then suddenly I hear, Nave, I don't know what the hell you just did, but you locked me in this room. And I turn around and I'm locked in the room I'm into. And I'm just like, uh, Uh, (laughs) and I've got like a survivor on my shoulder. And I'm just like, 
Mm. Well, there's a there's a face scanner in here, and I face scan, and it opens the other door, and I'm just like, oh well, Philip, you're on your own, buddy. And I just go and continue the mission, which in which there are multiple. You you said that I kept dying. It's because there are multiple windows, and you can break in this game. It's it is like encouraging you to break windows and exit through those windows and go and fuck around outside, like on the outside of the building. Well, every time I saw a window, I was like, surely there's something out there. And so I bust open the window. I take one step into the fucking like ledge window that's sill. out there. Yeah. I would fall straight down like instantly through the windowsill and die and spawn on the roof. In which case where Philip would go, Nave, we just need to beat this level. We just need to beat this level, man. And I'm just like, I didn't know. Like, I'm assuming there's something out there. Like, why would they keep putting all these windows everywhere? And uh, the very last time that we played, again, I had, I was in that same area. I had this, the survivor on my shoulder. I bust open the window and I go, I wonder. And I throw the survivor out the window, and we instantly fail the mission. And then we go play Solasta. Yeah, I think that that kind of sums it up pretty good. Of like, what's wrong with this game? Because I know we we had fun playing it on some parts, but in my heart, I I am not going to play this game again, like ever. Yeah, I mean, as much as as much as we try here on gaming together to find meaning in every video game we play, some games I just they just don't have enough meaning to keep us wrapped up in it for the entirety of the game. Like, I could imagine me playing this as a kid with no other games to play and finishing it, but I mean, I also completed like Goldeneye as a kid and i don't know if you've played goldeneye on the n64 controller but it's unplayable like i don't know how i don't know how people did it on mouse and keyboard it's pretty fun like tour rock is playable on the nintendo 64 controller but it's like i don't know what's going on with goldeneye i might just get canceled for that but whatever whatever uh do you have more me points because that is pretty much like the the full breadth of what i wrote down I mean, we we mentioned the upgrades, but I mean, it's just everything gets a little bit more upgradey. Like the grappling hook in particular, um, you can like grapple hook farther and grapple hook people to you or grapple hook stuff to you. Which I got the stuff to me thing so that I could grab money from hazardous spots and then like escape with it, so Philip could yell at me a little bit more. But uh, it was funny because there's this one mission in particular where the the money was like in a electrocuted area and there's this big complicated puzzle you have to do and i just go grab a hook and i grab it and i turn around and then we're in this big open lobby and i just see philip with a hostage just miles morales fucking web slinging around just trying to save this guy desperately because he knows i'm not doing anything productive and then i'm just like hey, just leave through the like i'm the green gobbo and i'm just fucking leaving with the money so not today spider-man oh god you know with this game I, the only thing I can really compare it to, like if you think about like what this game genre really is or what it is, it feels like Overcooked, but yeah. I enjoyed Overcooked a lot more. Like this game doesn't feel as tightly tuned as Overcooked is. Overcooked is like, if you want to get the three gold stars, you are going to make it probably barely. You're going to barely make it. It's going to be really tight. This it's like, hey, you want to do well in this level? Maybe you're going to barely make it. Maybe you will. Because like sometimes we just like beat the levels and we get like five stars. And I'm like, I don't know what we did different, but we we did it. Like that was easy. <laughs> In other ones, it's like one star, one star. I'm like, oh, I don't know what we're doing wrong at this point. It seems so strange for such a, I don't know, like simple game concept with so many cool features with like the electricity. And the, like you have all these things to almost make it more realistic in this arcadey game, but it just doesn't feel fun to play. 
Yeah, um, Overcooked is a lot more tight. This game is a little bit... I mean, it does suffer from having that weird first-person view where, like, oh, it's almost always it's, e it's easier and more productive to make a third-person game than a first-person game, I feel like. It's so much easier to become disoriented in a first-person view. Like, Melissa specifically was just watching us play this game, and she gets kind of nauseous when she plays, like, games with a lot of motion going on. She gets motion sickness. And so she was watching us play, and she's like, I can't even watch this game. Because it, there's so it, it's so disorienting. There's so much movement happening all the time, and so it, 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 that kind of brings that to my attention. Like I think maybe the it's it it adds to the sloppiness of the game. Mean where meanwhile you're over and overcooked and everything is a little floaty, but it's floaty in a dumb goofy way to just make it a little like it's not like egregiously floaty. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. you'll slide off, but in this game you will often fail something you will often throw something and it just bounces off of an invisible like a uh, wall or like you'll slide you'll take a step forward where there's clearly a, a floor and you'll fall straight down like there's a lot of goofy shit that can happen with uh with this and i think that contributes to the frustration a lot i do want to say like this makes it what it probably like i don't know i've never been in a fire but whenever you are surrounded by flames and you're out of water, this does give you a sense of panic when you're like, oh, my God, this is the end. Yeah, I've made a grave mistake. Like there was this one time where I, like they have like uh, what is what is a, a horizontal pillar <laughs> like, like a rafter or something? I don't know. A rafter? I think so. I think you're right. And like there are these like multiple story areas and a rafter would like fall down in front of you or behind you and sometimes on top of you. And so it's like there was this time where we were doing a mission in a in a basement and we were trying to get everything out of the house. I don't know if we're saving it or stealing it. I can't remember. But um, we're moving these boxes that are like $50 each out of the building and then philip runs through the doorway the only entrance and exit and then a rafter falls in between me and philip and i'm holding a box just going like, i don't know how i'm gonna make it outside of the door now like what do i do and so i jumped on this burning rafter and then crawled burning to death out. i'm like would i be able to do this in real life no no <laughs> like, probably not i would just be like oh i guess i'm dead and i'll just meditate like i'm the, a buddhist all right uh any more me points? Uh, nah. All right. Let's put this let's, to bed. Let's take a break. Boom, 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 boom. And we're back. Ember. A game about fighting fires just to get paid. Since I tend to take the first go on this, I will once again take the first go. This game is fantastic for the first 30 minutes. Then after that, you need to uninstall it. Because it doesn't get better than that first 30 minutes of playthrough. There's like a mandatory tutorial, which was really obnoxious, but I get that it's probably required for you to learn that electricity can kill you. Otherwise, you're going to be even more confused than we were when electricity still continued to kill us later on in the game. <laughs> As it turns out, spraying water and electricity will kill you. I just want to say this game is probably fun if you had maybe a full four-man team and you guys were like just here to get high scores and trying really hard for those arcadey points. But if you're here just for the pure game fun, something I, I get from maybe Overcooked or maybe um, Human Fall Flat, call back to the producer of this game. They produce Human Fall Flat as well. That game is challenging. It's hard. It is frustrating. But I have way more fun in that than I do in this equally frustrating game. So I can't recommend this past, you know, the game pass. Try it for 30 minutes. It's on cloud. Don't even bother installing it. Even though I think it's like maybe four to five gigs. Maybe take a pass on this one. 
A, uh, I, and I think it's really after that you brought up Overcooked because now I keep comparing it and they're very similar games. It's just, here's a job, but bad, you know? And yeah. so um, it's like, there are so many games that do this better. It's like, if you want to, like Surgeon Simulator is is a lot, somehow Surgeon Simulator is uh, more uh, easy and concise than this game, even though that game is literally the hardest to play game ever. It's like, there are a lot of games that will, give you this experience but in a more entertaining and thought-provoking way that this game doesn't exactly turn the gears in your head as the same as like surgeon simulator or like getting over it or co-op or stuff like that like they take these game mechanics they give you the simple premise and then they go this is now very hard so go go for it whereas this game is not hard because you have to try and figure out what you have to do it's hard because the game just in multiple occasions screws you over sometimes on purpose sometimes just on accident because of janky code and i i don't know i i think that if you want that co-op experience overcooked is clearly the superior game i don't know if the all you can eat edition is like fixed or not so you might want to just go play overcooked too and it's fine like that but um i don't i don't think i recommend this game either especially since i was the one that fucking uh called it quits like i was hard no Every time Philip was like, can we please finish Ember? I was hard no. So that's where I am. I'm being a lot nicer to the game than I thought I would be. Just like I was a little bit nicer to Elder Scrolls Online than I thought I would be. Because I was also the one who called it quits on that game. I've been pulling that I've been pulling that executive power like a couple of times. Philip seems to never be the one to do that. It's always me that gets frustrated out of games. Well, you know, I got that sense of duty in me. And so like I'll hear you be like, <laughs> I have to play this game for the pod. You know, like the pod will go on. And so then you're like, I really don't want to do that. And I'm like, well, I don't want to force Nave to do it as I like stretch the boot of Celasta. <laughs> like, I tried. I can at least say I tried now. Like I cleared my soul. Yeah, the the mind is wanting, but the will is weak. So, I mean, there are some games, it's like, I think I could get through Power Wash Simulator, even though it just bores the shit out of me. Like, it's like, there's a difference between boring me and being able to, like, just toss conversation back and forth with Philip, then frustrating me and causing me to lock up and not want to speak. Because if I do start speaking, I'm some of the anger is going to slip out. And God forbid, in the middle of one of my sentences, does something frustrating happen to me because the anger is coming out it, because my mouth is already open. So it's like there's there's two different knaves in these situations. And so I, I definitely prefer the boring, mundane, mind-numbingness of a game like Power Wash Simulator over a game like this that's trying to be fun but trying to be challenging. And uh, so all it ends up doing is uh, poorly, poorly being good. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. lost my train of thought. You know, I almost think this game could have been better as a... I, I, stay with me here. Like a competitive semi-shooter like you know how splatoon is all about you got to paint the ground right yeah now what about if we had ember where it's like maybe you need to put out fires in your house but if you could spread fires in the opponent's house at the same time oh my god or that sounds maybe, so fun what if it's like steal money because the money can be consumed by the flames that's like the big thing with the paper money so i don't know like maybe it's like you both houses are burning down but you need to get money into your safe in your house or something like i don't know i'm trying to think of how this could be more interesting because then it, death when it matters work, you respawn it feels like even less work would be to have both of everyone in the same house but the game is keeping track of who is sa who's saving how many people and how much money are people make like like instead of just eliminate the stealing money altogether but you can instead of saving people you can save financial value and that also contributes to your score and everyone rates 
the each it's like the computer rates each individual player on their own individual basis rather than this team effort and that that competition will like it'll that would probably override the frustration because that turns it into a part of the game mechanics like in this game you can kill hostages or you can blow up barrels and kill one of your teammates and do some like toxic griefing shit to people but that turns that horrible fucking situation which i don't even know why is in the why is it even in the game it is only negative it never like contributes to anything it's only for griefing and so it's like that would turn that into a positive whereas if you can kill somebody that philip's trying to save while that person's in philip's arms and philip funny. gets blamed for that that's hilarious you know what i mean like take away this this cooperation and add some pvp to it and this game might actually like i think you're on to something i'd enjoy that like i like i know we are a co-op podcast as it turns out but i feel like this game would do better if it was competitive like a four-player party game of just like hey who's the better firefighter or it's like maybe like only one person get paid for this job oh what is it um what was that one game we played rubber bandits Rubber like bandits. do rubber bandits, but firefighter themed or whatever. It could be better than whatever rubber bandits was. I think rubber bandits is better than this game. <laughs> I think so too, but rubber bandits is also funnier. It's it's another thing because rubber bandits is a third person game as well. So there's a lot less fucking going on. There's a, there's one entire dimension that you're not messing with, you know? Yeah. You know what? Uh, oh shit. I think I'm losing my train of thought. Hold on. Mm, put on the thinking cap. Nope, lost it. It's gone. That was profound, too. Whatever it was. I was excited to say it. And then I started talking about Rubber Bandits. Damn you, Philip. My bad. Maybe it'll come back to you. What are we going to play next week? Um, did I do my final review? Oh, well, Game's not yeah, great. you said it's I fine. cannot recommend this game. Okay, yeah, I forgot already. Um, the What we're playing next, I don't know if we're going to beat Solasta in time, but uh, we have a handful of games that we can kind of dip into. I think we were already playing something, weren't we? Oh, Power Wash Simulator. That and That's another game multiverses as well yeah so i would probably put, try to put power wash simulator first and because that is another game that we don't particularly need to beat multiverses has no ending but we can just get more and more experience and so far my experience is very negative so it's like i'm what? not having okay. a lot of fun oh man i want to get into that so bad but we're already we've already been at the end of the pod did oh, you God. did you see the video game donkey video on it no i didn't uh, he made a video, and he has he opened my eyes because he has the exact same complaint that I had. Only it's it makes more sense because I was always complaining. I was like, why the fuck do my attacks not? I will attack first, and as I'm about to make contact with somebody, someone else will attack, and I'll get hit through. And video game donkeys talking about this game has some of the worst hitboxes I've ever seen in a game like this, and I'm like. Is that why? I'm like, I, I'm expecting to like hit somebody, but it's like my hitbox is goofy. I remember when we were playing, I was making fun of that because Finn has this spinny attack where he grabs his backpack and spins. And Philip was like, maybe only the backpack is what's hitting. And I was like, that's impossible. But maybe it's not impossible. Maybe that's what's actually happening. Because one time I did my spinny attack, which is basically Finn's primary way to knock people out of the arena, by the way. And somebody, an enemy, literally went straight through the center of me, where Finn's body was. He went through that, not getting hit. He had like 150% damage on him. And I was going to smash him out of the arena. But somehow he just went right through me without a dodge or anything just fucking and i was like so tilted about it even though we were winning i was like i can't understand why this game won't just do what i expect it to do now it is still in beta and I, one thing that yes. gets me is i am so used to smash bros and 
we well, one day, Nave, you were talking about how you're thinking the dodging doesn't matter. The dodge has a wind up that I've come to notice that instead of really like yeah, it's like in Smash Bros. The dodge is like split second. You press it, you're dodging, doing an air dodge. In this one, you get two air dodges, but you have to do like a you need to be dodging for like half a second before you go into dodge mode. You have to preemptively dodge by a lot in this game. Hmm. That's weird. Cause I would that is another thing I was complaining about though for a while is that I was like, what does the dodge button even why is it even in the game? Because every time I press the button, I never dodge anything. So it's like I was starting I was getting very frustrated. I also had a hard day at work. So it's like I was in a bad mood already. But I don't know. I'm so used to Smash Bros. too. Like so much of your Smash Bros. gameplay does not carry over to uh, multiverse because there's no grabbing there's the dodge rolls on the ground require wind up uh, there's no blocking with most people's abilities some people abilities have built-in blocks like uh, yeah. wonder woman has a built-in block but, yeah or steven also has a block but other characters they just don't have any blocking abilities so they can either dodge or just always stay moving and there's so many weird things like the the neutral is so hard for me to hit because I feel like maybe the dead zone on my controller is just off or something because I'm always drifting. But it is so hard for me to do a neutral special attack with a lot of the characters. Yeah, I always forget that there even is one because that, like you said, there's no real block and the dodge is so like unwieldy that I'm always just moving. And so, and, you know, if you're holding a stick and you do a special, obviously you're not doing nor- uh, neutral anymore. So like a lot of the characters I've played so far, I don't even know what their neutral does. So it's like, it's really funny, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's in beta, so hopefully they make it better. Uh, they're probably going to fine-tune it, hopefully, with those hitboxes and hurtboxes. Yeah, they got to. Right. But I look forward to it. Yeah, so we're probably going to play one of those three games at some point. What was the third game? Uh, we talked about Celasta. Oh, we talked yep. about Multiverse. We talked about Power Wash. There's some other things. If you, want us to, if you want us to play anything specifically, write in. We'll give you credit for the write-in. Yeah. Maybe come on the show. I don't know. I don't know who's listening. If you don't know how to speak publicly, I barely know how to speak publicly. So, All right. Well, I want to thank you, dear co-op listeners, for joining this week. Maybe next time we can all play some games together and get killed by a fire's blowback. Or throw a civilian off of an eight-story building to their death. See ya. Bye-bye. We even talk about the civilians getting killed by throwing them down. <laughs> the many wasted the civilians. <laughs>